1: You know, questions are fine, but we love suggestions as well. So if you're doing something different at home, different style, we'd love to hear from you. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of people with a lot of different experiences from all over the world here, gardening and growing things. And uh, if you've got a different crop, a different style, a different plant, we'd love to hear from you. I'd also like to remind you, though, uh, you can import most plants from most places with proper uh, research. Call the Uni- uh, Uni- uh, United States Department of Agriculture or the, the state of Arizona Department of Agriculture. Both are very good. They love to work with you. And uh, there are rules, and the, the rules are here for a good reason. That's how we keep the pest away. Let's see. Next up, we've got uh, Dave and Mesa. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Brian. I had a question
2: about a dwarf navel tree.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's about seven years old. Trunk's about six inches diameter. I only got about five oranges this year. They're good quality, nice and sweet. But every year, the blossoms don't set very well in this tree. They seem to
1: fall off. What would cause that? Being a navel, being a dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> You know, of all of all citrus trees, you know, as far as the you know, how fast they grow and different things, navels are one of the slowest. And if it's a true dwarf on flying dragon rootstock, um, that's gonna it make is. it even slower. So, you know, it'll have good quality fruit. It's just going to be slow. So just patience, Dave. You know, we were fortunate okay. enough a couple years ago to pick up a, a grove from Art Martori in the East Valley where the navels are about 30 years old. And, uh, you know, we're harvesting them right now, and they're going into stores, and they taste like navels, and it's really fun. But, you know, the time it takes to grow a good navel tree, uh, your, your sounds like it's doing pretty well. Um, the only point is just don't give it extra fertilizer and make sure that the water is really consistent especially in may and june we call it the june drop and uh, if you'll see there'll be a lot of little they bloom like crazy have a lot of small fruit but in june the navels will drop you know a big percentage of the crop is on the tree
2: so don't give it extra fertilizer. Just go on the holiday schedule.
1: Well, or you can feed it once a month lightly. I mean, that's that's fine too. That's the fastest you know way to grow citrus is really keeping a, a constant supply of nitrogen. So if if you just feed it once a month, if you want them to grow their best, they'll get bigger faster. But you know the, that's what I was going to do this year. And the idea of that flying dragon rootstock is to keep this tree smaller. So that's that's pretty much the norm. But, All right. Um, thank you very much. Anyway, just, you know, enjoy the ones you get. <laughs> and if not, if you go to the <laughs> store right now and if you see the, the Silver Canyon stickers on our, on our navels, um, you'll you'll right. notice that they're quite delicious right now. It's perfect navel season.
2: <laughs> there's there's navels in my neighborhood everywhere. I can just pick and choose what I want.
1: Yeah. Well, that's great. You know, if you're in the East Valley, and especially if you have older trees around that are on probably sour orange rootstock, they're going to have good quality fruit. But, you know, a lot of the groves in East Mesa, are, you know, some of those trees are over 100 years old.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I came out here in 83. It was all groves out there back then.
1: Well, it's, uh, you know, the nice part is the city of Mesa is really good. My friend Kevin Armistead's uh, group, they uh, they farm the trees there on the city's property right by the airport. And, um, I, do, I know what, where that's yeah, at. Don't yeah, don't go steal the trees out of his grove. He won't appreciate it. But, <laughs> oh, I won't. <laughs> but uh, on the other hand, um, you know, the, those trees are right at 100. They're pretty old. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye. Let's see. Next up, we've got Sean in Cave Creek, but after Sean, we've got open lines. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Sean. Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you? Excellent. Good.
2: Hey, I've got a Bermuda lawn. We live in Cave Creek. I've got a Bermuda lawn. It's about 800 square feet, and it's infested with poa annua is what the landscaper Uh called it. Right. And two years ago, he said that I had to let it go dormant in the winter, not to overseed, and then spray it with a, an herbicide when it was dormant. Mm-hmm. And he said that would take care of it, but it came back really strong this year. And just wondered if you had any recommendations on how to get rid of that.
1: Oh, Poa, it's going to be kind of tough. Um I I don't know of any great ways to do it, and uh, I'll tell you who I would call, though, would probably be either the University of Arizona Extension Service, okay? They've got a sod expert, and I can't remember his name right offhand, but they're really good on that, and and, uh, he may have a solution for it. It's not a problem that we see much anymore because most of our ryegrass doesn't have POA mixed in it like it did for a while, and uh, he he could give you some probably better ideas on which chemicals specifically would work.
2: Okay, yeah, we've resorted to going out and just, you know, on a afternoon just trying to hand-pick it, but it's so out of control. But, all right, I'll give that a try. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well,
1: you know, the other thing is, Sean, is when if it is really, you know, if you don't water, you know, it's too late now. But uh, next year, if you don't water and we get a couple freezes, uh, it will stay evergreen in the winter where the Bermuda grass won't. And when the Bermuda grass is dormant, you know, you can scalp it one last time really tight, almost Mm -hmm. like the people with the rye. Let that come back up and then spray it with probably, a you know, a herbicide that would just be one that's, you know, even like roundup, as long as the Bermuda grass is completely dormant, it's not going to absorb any of the herbicide. it's got to be growing to do so, and so spraying at the time of year would you know be pretty effective
2: okay, yeah we'll we'll give that a try again this this uh coming fall
1: All righty, good luck, Sean. All
2: right, thanks, Brian. appreciate it.
1: Oh uh, let's see Robbie and Chandler. Good morning, Robbie. Good morning, Brian. I got a couple of questions if you can
3: sure a lemon tree mm-hmm. How much can I cut it?
1: As much it's as you growing. Leave. I mean, it's taking off. <laughs> what we do commercially, Robbie, is, is we hedge them uh, every at least every other year. Some of them, the more mature ones, we hedge back every year. And we'll cut the trees back as much as six feet on the top. Uh, And that can be one year's growth in a big lemon tree. But you can cut them, prune them. What we would do if we want to have, if you know, you've got time at home to prune it. What I would do is open up the interior a little bit on the inside, you know, just kind of open the inside up. So you get a little more light in, you get better fruit. And then if you reduce the size, how tall is yours now? It's probably a good 15 feet tall. So if you want to reduce it to 10 feet. You know, take five feet off and selectively prune it and open it up a little bit. This is the perfect time of year to do that, Robbie. You'll get a nicer crop of lemons on the inside, which are the best quality, and uh, you'll be able to pick them. You know, they won't be so tall up in the tree. You have to, uh, you know, get a ladder and climb up there to get them.
4: Yeah, okay. And then I'm transplanting some canna Mm lilies, the bulbs. What do I add to the soil?
1: Uh, If you wanted to bloom better, you could add super treble phosphate or bone meal. So if you get some extra phosphorus in there, it's going to help their bloom. And cannas tend to grow so fast, they probably don't need a lot of other fertilizer. But, you know, if you see after they're coming up and if they're not as pretty as you'd like, you might use a balanced fertilizer with them in addition, like a 10-10-10. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Robbie. Have a nice weekend. Right, bye. bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next we got Charlie and Mesa. but after Charlie we've got some open lines. The number to call 602-277-5827, 277 KTAR. Good morning, Charlie.
2: Good morning, Brian. How are you? Sir? Thank you for your program. Really enjoy it.
1: Well, thanks for being part of it. You know, I, I do the easiest show on radio. Well, Julia and I and, and we have, you know, John here with the news, but what makes it so easy number one is Julia's wonderful about getting to the phones quick and uh, we have such fine callers.
4: okay thank you for that but uh hey i i put a bougainvillea in a small
2: uh, little planting area and i want to put some ground cover around it but i'd like to have it with the same watering schedule as the bougainvillea could you help me out
1: mexican primrose what color is your bougainvillea red Red, So the Mexican primrose is going to be a a, a pale pink, okay, Uh, which is probably not the best color. You know, color contrast-wise, if you have red, you might want to use, like, a gold mound lantana. And it'll work well on the same watering schedule, too. What was the second one? Gold mound lantana. You know, that red and gold, you know, on the color color chart, I mean, they, they have a nice, you know, contrast to them.
2: Yeah, I'd like to have, you know, something white or yellow or well, something Well, you could like use that. a white
1: lantana as well. You know, and a white would be an excellent contrasting color. So either one of those would go very well. And the lantana and bougainville are almost identical in water needs.
2: Okay, that's what I need to know. Thank you so much.
1: Well, have fun, Charlie. Thanks for being part of the program. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, up next, we've got Phil and Levine, but first we have to take a short break. And while we're gone, we do have some more lines available. You can give Julia a call at 602-277-5827. It's Julia and Brian here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR.
5: God made it seemed the taste was not so sweet So I turned myself to face man, But I've never caught a glimpse Of how the others must see if they I'm much too fast to take that test ch 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 Turn and face the strange ch 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 a man, change changes. change and face the change to change it, change to change it, change it, Welcome
1: back, folks. Beautiful morning out there. We do have a couple lines open. Julia back here smiling. The number to call 602 277 277-KTAR. Phil and Levine, good morning, Phil.
4: Good morning. So I've got um, a pasture that we irrigate that, I, that is um, Bermuda grass. But every summer, the spurge starts to take over. And so I was wondering if I scalp that down today and put some, like, pendulum mm-hmm. on it, and we really do get rain Wednesday, do you think that'll work to control that spurge?
1: I think it's perfect. You know, it hasn't been warm oh. enough for the spurge to germinate yet. And, uh, yeah, if you okay. scalp it, bow it short, put the pendulum on. Do a little dance out there. That's why we played the, you know, the Paul Revere song in the beginning. You know, just get a little native feel to it. And uh, do a rain dance and uh, get that rain in there. And it takes about a quarter to a half inch to activate it. And uh, what's really nice is with flood irrigation, too, that pushes it down. Then the flood irrigation really activates it. And then if you had a lot of problem, you might try doing it again in April.
4: And how long, once I treat it, how long does that last?
1: Well, well, here's the thing: is with, with Bermuda grass, if it's real healthy, okay, and if we can get the Bermuda grass nice and dense, you know, it'll be dense enough that it won't germinate much in the summertime. The problem with spurge when spurge has three little tiny leaves on it, it's already flowering and starting to produce seed, so it produces seed very quickly. And I'm sure you have a lot of seed there now. But the uh, oh yeah, but with the uh, putting down the pre-emergent now is going to take care of all your existing seed, okay? But then you have irrigation. So, and it, with irrigation comes more seed. That's why you'd want yeah, every, to put, a, put another application on with it in like May, and that will give you coverage all the way through August. So, you know, two applications like that for a summer, and you won't have any carryover seed. So, that that would next year, all you'd have to do is put it on once, like in May.
4: Okay. Yeah, because I reseed it every time I irrigate.
1: Oh, yeah. Basically. Absolutely. Yeah, you do. But that's, you know, basically it's, you know, the real analogy is is putting it down is like a condom. Unless you break the surface, it won't leak. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Phil. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Bob in Awatukee, but after Bob, it's wide open. Julia's here smiling, waiting for you. <laughs> She's not dancing yet, though. We have to play some more dancing music. She is a David Bowie fan, however. Uh, Bob in Awatukee up next, but remember uh, to call Julia, 602-277-5827. Good morning, Bob.
0: Good morning, sir. How are you on this beautiful
1: Sunday morning? Excellent. It's a beautiful day out there. Clouds, you know, and just pretty.
0: I have a question. Um, My neighbor has, uh, it's about, I think, is a pineapple palm a real thing? Well, it's a name for a palm. You know, palm
1: trees, none of them actually know their name. We've only given these plants a name. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, pineapple palm or canary line date palm, same thing. Phoenix canary. It's
0: it's probably like about 25 years old. Mm -hmm. And the current neighbors moved in about five years ago. And she's of Japanese descent, and it was very in their culture for this palm to be going over the fence into my yard was something that was a no-no. So they hacked it straight up to the sky. I've convinced her that I would take care of it. So every year I take care of it, trim it for her. Mm -hmm. So in about October, I noticed that our fence is now splitting because it's almost on the fence line. I broke it to him yesterday. Because I didn't want to tell them in October, because I wanted to see it through the holiday. They were like, "Okay, we're, we're moving it right away." Is my question is, I know you know a lot of trees in the valley end up getting taken out and brought to resorts. Mm-hmm. With a pineapple palm that is sitting right on a fence line, and about thirty feet off of the street, is that of a value to any reseller? It's an absolutely beautiful specimen, or is it basically cut it up and bulk trash
1: it? Well, Bob, you know, the tree is absolutely worth saving, okay? Um, But to save it, we used to have a company called Arizona Save-A-Tree, and I used to move, you know, palm trees every single day. I had two cranes out with semis and trenchers, and we moved palm trees. And now we grow all of our palm trees in the farm. And you're right. It takes 25, 30 years to get a big canary like that. But... um, the reality is if you want to have it transplanted, you have to be willing to take the wall down, you know, because you oh, have to I cut a root it. ball underneath the wall there. And if it's right okay. up against a wall, you don't have room to get a trencher in there and cut it. If it's three or four feet off of a wall, you know, it could be cut and removed. But if it's right yeah. up against a wall, you can't really take it out without taking the wall down. Now, the other option okay. is if you really enjoy the tree... You know, you could just go through and take out the footing under that portion of the wall and rebuild the wall, which would probably wouldn't be real expensive. Is the wall stuccoed? Yes.
0: Okay. And I happen to build homes for a living, so that part's not an issue, but it's. Raising up part of my pool fountain, and it's starting to do some damage. So, well,
1: anywhere it can find it water, it's going to gonna come grow. out. Okay, but uh, I mean, you know, all those different things could be managed, you know. So if you understand construction, but uh, yes, you, can't, you can't grow a tree there again like that one. And if you were to go buy that tree, you know, it'd probably be worth eight to ten thousand dollars. So oh, I know it's, it's a nice tree, but you know. And so if you want to really save it, but the other problem is there's not as many people taking them and moving. Them around town as like we used to, and uh, mm-hmm. so it's just not as common a practice. You know, at one point, like when we did things with the uh, Phoenician and Estrella and and all these different projects with Keating and everyone, and you know, at that time we used to transplant a lot of palm trees around town. But uh, now we grow so many in the farms that we're not transplanting many.
0: Oh, uh, it's such a big beautiful free landscaping for me
1: well you know it can still be a big beautiful landscaping it's just a matter of you fixing your hard surface
0: (laughs) yeah i know well i certainly appreciate it you're a wealth of knowledge young man
1: well thanks bob and it's it's a a great question it's a good topic have a nice day well thank you have a great day (laughs) bye-bye uh let's see mark and chandler hello mark Hi. Probably worth for you to repeat every
4: couple of weeks. A um, year and a half ago, I took your advice, and instead of getting a dwarf orange, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, you can take any citrus and just keep it cut to the size you want. Um, heard you were talking earlier earlier about the dwarf growing slow. Um, I got a Washington navel. What type? Planted about a year and a half from a 15-gallon. What type of growth? Uh, speed season can I expect on that well if it's on the it's right root stock
1: okay if it's on the right root stock which be, would be like a sour orange or carrizo root stock it's going to be exceedingly slow you know for okay. naval oranges are going to grow slower than any other orange and uh, but they also produce the most wonderful fruit you know so it takes patience and with a young tree you know the real key is to keep the fertilizer up so go ahead and feed it once a month from now through October
4: I got it I got your organic root. okay <laughs> You, you, you know what I, Organo Pro,
6: pro. Uh-huh. you know the stuff I'm talking
1: yeah. about. <laughs> but, so, and, and, you know, the other key is not to overwater it, you know, especially in the wintertime. So watering at this time of year, if it's been in for a while, you know, we're talking once every couple weeks. And in the heat of the summer, you can water it about once a week and push it along a little more. But you don't want to keep it too wet. Exactly what I've been doing. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. Uh, Sally in Phoenix. Good morning, Sally. Hi, Brian. Could you speak up just a little bit, please? Well, you can turn up the volume on your radio. I can't control how loud I am on the radio.
7: (laughs) I know. Uh, But anyway, this concerns uh, the problem is my Hockeronda tree. I've had about four or five in the 56 years I've lived here in the same place. And uh, I noticed about uh, four or five weeks ago, all the lacy leaves were turning yellow. And that really worried me. And uh I have my person that takes care of my yard is coming uh this Wednesday and uh I wanted to get that fertilized so the beautiful blooms uh I I did allow this uh tree for the first time to become a bush so all the uh the growth at the bottom, you know, mm-hmm. I've allowed to grow out it, instead of having a tree having a bush. And uh I've had about four before, but uh, they uh, grew taller and everything, but because of so much rock foundation here, I think they uh, died on their own. Well, and, Sally, uh,
1: here's the thing. The reason why it uh, dropped its leaves, we had a pretty good frost in some parts of the valley a couple weeks ago, and uh-huh. when that happened, the you know, the jacarandas can go completely bare. You know they can go to dormant you know if it's cold enough, so I wouldn't be very concerned about the uh, you know the fact that it looks yellow now it's pretty this is kind of the worst time of year for jack as far as their beauty, and when it gets warm is when they really fill in so it's going to have to get and stay over eighty for it to start to grow again, and then as it hits ninety and then we get that spring weather then it comes out and blooms and you know here's the good side of the story sometimes whenever they drop more you know their foliage with the cold, they come out and bloom a little heavier. As well but fertilizing it you can feed it right now but the fertilizer is not going to be used by the tree until it's over 80
7: oh so uh is it okay for him to go in and put the fertilizer down
1: absolutely yeah he can go ahead and feed it and you know and that way when the tree is going to need it it'll be there
7: And the leaves are lacy. I didn't remember there being that way. But uh, what do you think about allowing a tree uh, to uh, become a bush? Uh, Well, Sally,
1: personally, I really like multiple trunk trees. And jacaranda is one of them that that we have at home that's a beautiful multiple trunk tree. So I I like trees that grow with multiple arms and branches. Uh,
7: Well, uh, let me ask you uh, this. about, I had heard something about Epsom salts uh, on, uh, uh, growing plants and well, everything. We,
1: you know, it depends on... Here in our soil, you know, in the, in the water in the valley, uh, magnesium or Epsom salt is, is usually not that, you know, missing. There's usually a, a fair amount of it here in our soil. You know, we have a farm down in Hyder that doesn't have any in the water or the soil, so we have to add a lot of it. And you can always add a little more Epsom salt, a little extra magnesium. Magnesium really won't burn unless you put a tremendous amount on, so you're not going to get a toxicity. So if you feel that it wants to soak its feet in a little Epsom salt, that's fine. You don't want to. Well, I
7: water treated, it. But... I water it. Uh, it's not on my regular watering system that I have small emitters okay. that come on uh, for two hours once a week at this time of the it year. It doesn't
1: need to be watered once a week this time of year. In fact, once every two or three weeks is plenty often. I
7: water it all, all these years. I water very slow watering once a month. Okay, uh, that's it better. Has its own hose.
1: All right, that that's better. You know, and then the summertime you can water it once every two weeks. Sally, I've got to let you go. We have a hard break. Thank you. But have a nice weekend. And we'll be right back after the news uh, from Mr. John Roller. And here in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, we do have a line or two open while we're gone. The number to call 602 277
8: 5827. 277 KTAR. He Set the yellow be shy, Second second
6: stanza
8: mamma Sette bello pole zi is va is vena semba scuppetta maladena Siccinga pla vanda zi de scuppetta e fiyutsa mia la la ri la And now for your nice ladies and gentlemen out there who don't understand the Italian language I'd like to do two choruses in British Lazy Mary, you better get up, she answered back, I am not evil Lazy Mary, you better get up. We need the sheets for the table. Lazy Mary, you smoke in bed. There's only one man you should marry. My advice to you would be is to pay attention to me.
3: You'd better marry a well, I obviously had to follow up Dean Martin with some Lazy Mary. Um, I grew up a Mets fan, and during the seventh inning stretch, you either played That's More by Dean Martin, or you played Lazy Mary, or um, Piano Man by Billy Joel, so you probably hear one of those songs. Definitely Billy Joel at some point, but yeah, had to play this one. It's a great one.
1: Who thought we'd release her Italianness back there? <laughs> A uh, little, little inspiration, and Julia showed us she's a real Italian. Anyway, welcome back, folks. We do have a, a couple lines open. You can give Julia a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Rick at North Phoenix. Hi, Rick. Hey.
0: Yes, sir. So I was wanting to see about blueberries, raspberries, and grapes.
1: Okay. Do they grow here? Uh, Grapes do fantastic, Um, especially table grapes and, uh, you know, the varieties that are most popular, like Thompson and Flame. But there's Perlettes, and there's another 20 varieties of grapes that will grow here. And they're they're quite easy to grow. Blueberries and raspberries, you better go to where there's better water. Uh, Our pH is a little um, too high. You know, in the summertime, our pH in our water is like 8.4, 8.6, and they don't like salty water. Okay. Okay.
4: So uh, more acid to keep them. Well, the it's, it's just
1: not worth it. Yeah, you'd have to have more acidic soil. But you're, you know, if you want, you can grow blackberries here. Blackberries oh, do I quite base. well, but uh, raspberries and uh, and blueberries really don't like our, our salty soil. And, you know, you're just gotcha. fighting Mother Nature trying to grow. them. I mean, they don't really love, love the heat either. They do grow a lot of blueberries in Florida, but their pH is closer to 7, you know, and ours is going to be 8.4 or 8.7 in our soil, and it's just too salty for them. Gotcha. <clears throat> All right. Thank you much. Thanks, Rick. Bye-bye. Uh, Laura in Phoenix. Good morning, Laura. <laughs> you know, Uh oh, Laura's listening on the radio Just a heads up folks uh, when, when you call in If you'll uh, listen on your phone And turn off your radio Then we'll get to you a little quicker Laura, are you there yet? No, I'll put her on hold Laura, I'll come back to you And just remember, listen on the phone uh, We're just going to take a hot one Good morning, welcome to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show
3: Hi, uh, good morning I'm trying to get through
1: to Brian You already have, you're on the air Hey Brian, I was so playing, great playing with Julia back there. Te- well, that's Julia. She's you know, I'm not Italian. I married well, to an Italian. I have Italian children, Italian mother-in-law, and I just found out. You know, I played one Dean Martin song, and she went nuts. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, 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 all I can tell
3: you is I my uh, my my best friend is an Italian, and I just I wish I was Italian. That uh, Julia will appreciate that.
1: <laughs> She's smiling.
3: All right. Hey, so uh, I, I, you kind of addressed this earlier, but I want to make sure I get it right. So, my Bermuda grass on my front lawn, which is pretty much totally dormant, I haven't watered it really for like about a month now. I've got so like a green clover kind of a thing growing through it. It's kind of clumpy, and I don't want to get rid of it. Okay. So
1: spray uh, what 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 is that and how do I get rid of it? It's oxalis. It's like a little yellow-flowered clover-type plant. And uh, what you can do is just spray it with 24 D right now. Uh, that's going to be okay. found in products like Weed be Gone. And then if you don't want it to come back next year, you'd want to put a pre-emergent on in uh, you know pretty okay. much in September for that one. But if you'll spray that right now, if you wanted to put a pre-emergent down, you could at the same time you spray that, or you could just you know put a pre-emergent in the whole lawn. And and if we get rain this week, it doesn't take a lot, like a quarter inch, or you just turn your sprinkler on. That'll keep the seed from regerminating and coming back. And then it would be a okay. good time to go ahead and throw some fertilizer on there and kick the water on, just some regular old 21-7-14, because after this cold snap, it'll probably get up in the 70s and 80s, and the Bermuda grass will wake up.
3: Okay, all right, sounds good. And, and then, uh, And then one other thing out in my front yard also, I've got... I've got three rose bushes. What 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 should I be doing for my rose bushes right
1: now? Uh, if they're hybrid tea roses and you want to grow them for long stems to bring them in the doors and impress uh, your better half, uh, now's the time to cut them back. So if you take your hand, turn, okay. it, turn it upside down, spread your fingers out. That's what you want the form to be after you cut it back. Uh, make sure you have the graft there and just leave the little stems come out. Depending on the age of the plant, maybe four to six inches would be great to grow long stem roses. Prune it back right now. Fertilize it with your favorite rose food, you could use a systemic. You can use an organic. There's a lot of good rose foods out there. And stand back. Spring okay. them away, and they'll come right out.
3: Okay, perfect. Hey, uh, Ron. Pardon? Pardon? Keep up with
1: Italian music. I love it. <laughs> well, I didn't know I was going to release Julia when we played that Tamari. But anyway, little Dean Martin, and she went nuts. There <laughs> yeah. right. sure nice we you go. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Uh, Laura and Phoenix, Let's try again. Hi, Laura. Hello, Laura. Oh, I thought she would have learned last time. Uh, okay. I'm we'll gonna put you back on hold. um, Jerry and Tollison. good morning Jerry good, good morning, good morning. Yes, hey
4: yeah, speaking of uh <clears throat> common names that we put on our plants um uh, I read that in. Bible Times, Abraham planted a tamarack tree. Mm -hmm. And pictures that I get, they don't look like any of our tamaracks around here. Um, You know, um, is there a cultivar of Tamarack that is desirable,
1: and well, the original ones, Jerry. If you've been around town for a long time, and I think you have. Oh yeah, uh, the original big ones were all planted, and actually grown from cuttings. Now there's two species of tamarack here. There's the big ones that don't reseed and regenerate, and then there's a small one that's wild, and that one actually came from Russia in grain, and and then spread throughout the you know southwestern United States in all of the water areas and watersheds, and you know it's really quite a nuisance. But the big form of tamarack, which is a different, you know, variety, um, is is not the same tree and can be grown from cuttings and makes a really big tree. They're fairly messy and and lots don't tend to be large enough to, uh, you know, have them anymore. But in the old days, for windbreaks, they were very common. I'm not sure what the form is that they're, you know talking about in the Bible, but uh, there's probably other species. I mean, they're an Asian tree. They're not a Native American tree and uh, really have populated our rivers and waterways uh, by spreading is probably the number one really weed tree problem, you know, in the Western United States.
4: Right. Yeah, the SDA is uh, tries to uh, control the uh, wild tamarack because I guess it is invasive
1: Well, Um, you can imagine how much prettier the the rivers and washes would be, you know, if we didn't have tamaracks. I mean, before when there was cottonwoods and mesquites, you know, it was your problem long before my time, but uh, tamaracks have been here for a long time, but it must have been. Now, is there
4: a pink lady tamarack that. um,
1: Well, the the wild tamarack has a. Pink flower, I have not heard of a cultivar called Pink Lady, and i 've really never looked into them that much, you know other than just you know be familiar through association my whole life with tamaracks here in the valley,
4: yeah, and they're supposed to be uh, uh desirable because they're so cool you know they well they, they have draw a, even, soil, the wild, even the wild even the wild yeah,
1: even the wild tamarack tree is beautiful, It does have a pink flower on it. But yeah. uh, the problem is that they reseed and spread. Jerry, yeah. I'm going to have to yeah, let you, you... go because we're going to have to take a break here. Okay. But I appreciate the call and have a nice weekend. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, we'll be right back after a short break here at the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, we have two lines open. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR.
9: Oh hell below us above us only sky imagine. is isn't hard to do Nothing to kill or die for I know religion too Imagine how dreamer, but I'm not the only one, I hope someday you'll join us, and the world will be one.
1: Well, welcome back, folks, to this beautiful Sunday morning. I Want to take a minute to invite you out to Whitfield's? You know, Whitfield's—we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the '40s, and continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. We uh, grow lots of trees, from 15 gallons to big 72-inch box. Hundreds of acres of palm trees, and we have citrus orchards and things as well. But if you're looking for trees for your home, or if you're looking for a development, come out and see us at Whitfield's. We're open Monday through Saturdays from eight to. 530, Sundays 10 to 4. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe. Or in South Phoenix at 264070 Southern Avenue. Southern Avenue straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations now growing trees for Arizona's future. And if you want to go taste some good citrus, I'm going to give you a list of some of our guys. Right now citrus season here in the Valley, folks. And we grow local fruit and we sell it through uh, some wonderful stores here that's a Support us and work with us, and uh, we would like to mention the guys at Sprouts who have the Navel's and the Tangelos lemons and Meyer lemons, and you can also find those at uh, say the Safeway Bashes, Albertsons Group. I mean, Safeway <laughs> can't mix up the Bashes guys with the Albertsons uh, guys, but anyway, so the Albertsons Safeway Bashes, you can find them from Food City to uh, you can find them at their Elite stores too, at AJs and regular Bashes, and we can't min- forget to mention Whole Foods who. Uh, been a great you know, supporter of ours, especially with our Meyer lemons. But you know we have the tangelos and lemons and navels there as well. And uh, you know citrus was one of my grandfather's uh, original crops at the nursery at 824 East Glendale. And I grew up there as a young man at five years old. I was selling oranges on Glendale Avenue, having a lot of fun. And uh, now's a great time to get out and taste and enjoy Arizona citrus. And if you decide to plant one, it's a good time of year. But there's nothing like the quality of the fruit that we can grow here in Arizona or with the ease. We don't have the disease and pest problems. They do other places. And and our weather is very conducive to growing high-quality citrus. So whether you go taste it at a store or taste one off your neighbor's trees, now's the time to taste the difference in Arizona citrus. Let's see. I'm going to get right back to the phones. And we've got uh, Tina in Mesa first. Good morning, Tina.
10: Good morning. I've got about a 50-year-old orange tree that's very huge and very prolific. And I was uh, taking your advice and trimming the suckers this morning and there, the bark is peeling. Okay. And then I looked up to the center of the tree, the core, and there's a whole bunch of sap.
1: Okay. So the bad, uh, that's kind of a bad sign. Okay. The sap is usually I know. By, well, it's not terrible. It's not lethal. It's just not <laughs> good. Okay. Uh, let me ask you one question first. How do you water?
10: I water about once a month in the winter, mm-hmm. uh, put it on and for full force for about three hours, it goes down about three feet. Okay. And then in the summer I do it more often.
1: Okay, that that's kind of ideal. And depending on how heavy your soil is, you could get as frequent as maybe it's, once a month. I'm
10: 10 in days. the Dobson Ranch. I got clay.
1: Yeah. So with clay, heat of the summer once every ten days, two weeks. You know, now once a month, ideal. Yeah. Um, but what you have probably some gamosis, which is caused by phytophthora, which is a soil fungus. There's ah. two different ways to treat it. One way is to try this product called Monterey Disease Control, and it's a bacteria uh-huh. that eats fungus. And I've used. Used it in orchards before. It's organic and it works pretty well. And that the idea is. You know, it's bacteria, you just mix it with water, pour it on when you irrigate, and it goes down into the soil, and it goes through and starts eating the fungus. So that can be fairly effective. Uh, the other way, mm-hmm. the traditional older way, is copper sulfate. And you mix copper sulfate with water and put it under the tree, and the cop- copper is toxic to the fungus. If you have lesions where it's bleeding out the bark, you know, where it's kind of splitting and cracking and bleeding sap, you can clean those off. Uh,
10: where the bark was... Okay, go ahead. You can, clean, Sorry.
1: you can just break off the sap and brush the uh, either one of those two products on those lesions as well, and that'll help. It'll go mm-hmm. into the tree system that way and also attack the fungus.
10: Okay, on a tree this, y- this large, uh, what... Uh, um, what quantity well, should I put nice, on does have that on
1: the instructions? It has it on the instructions, but the nice part about bacteria is you're inoculating it. So the bacteria will okay. feed in the fungus and grow really fast. With copper, I would say, you know, the copper sulfate, you would probably want to use uh-huh. about a pound. And mix that with water okay. and sprinkle it all under the tree. Break off any of the lesions and leave some like a paste and paint the paste on where uh-huh. the lesions were. And you should be able to correct it, Tina.
10: Okay, Thank you very much. Thank I appreciate you. your knowledge.
1: Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. You too. Uh, Cynthia in Phoenix. Good morning, Cynthia. Hello, Cynthia.
6: Hi. Oh, hi. 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 Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> um, I have a couple of questions. Um, I was just told that the, I think it's called the fire stick, uh-huh. uh, is it a cactus, and is it poisonous?
1: It's a euphorbia, so it's, it's it's a separate type of plant, but it is poisonous. And so you wouldn't want to taste that, or you wouldn't want to get it in your eyes. and uh, But other than that, it's a pretty significant plant and a great plant for our landscape. So you just be to be mindful of those facts, and it would be good if you're pruning to wear goggles, okay, and also wear gloves so that you don't get the sap, especially, on your hands and especially in your eyes. But uh, if you if you do that, or else have someone else prune it, it's a, uh-huh. it's a fantastic plant here.
6: Because I heard I had somebody that had this happen to him, and they had to call poison control.
1: No, it's and it's, I... it's definitely a toxic plant, and you have to be mindful of the toxicity. And like I say, pruning it, I would wear gloves and goggles. Okay. You know, and then make sure you're not wiping something in your mouth off your gloves. So you uh-huh. know, clean up after you prune it. It can be safely pruned and handled, but it has to be handled you know correctly.
6: Okay, thank you. Makes and sense. I have, yeah, I have another question. I have a, a citrus tree. I've had probably seven, eight years. It's still small. Uh, it is. Um, I'm wondering if I should even continue growing it. I have other citrus trees that are doing very well,
1: and well, happen, I'm wondering. Does it, does it happen to be an orange, and does it produce fruit? Pardon me. Is well, your small one? Is it an orange, and does it produce fruit?
6: It's a. Uh, What do they call those small tangerines? Um, Oh, like a a big,
1: could be a little tangerine. Um, the citrus don't all grow the same speed, and, and they're going to grow okay. different speeds based on their variety. I'm going to put you on hold, and I can take you back off the air. I've got to say goodbye. Oh. And uh, Carol, Laura, and Kathleen, and Cynthia, I'll take you all off the air. Appreciate everyone listening, being part of the program today. Go out and enjoy uh, enjoy each other's company and uh, try to be kind to those, especially those who with you disagree. And you remember, in this planet, we have one God. You can call them all different kinds of names, but uh, we only have one, and it's, it's to see people attack each other on account of money and oil and those kind of things and maybe one day we'll work better together but uh, in the meantime we need to love each other and try to work together as a team and uh, there's strength in our diversity. We'll be back with you next Sunday. Come out and see us in the nursery. Hope you enjoyed the program and go support our local stores that are helping us with our fruit. Be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.